We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for joining me today. Today we are going to be breaking down two more tight ends, both Tucker Craft and Sam Laporta. I think it's important to go over both of these tight ends in large part because if you listen to my previous episode saying, hey, don't draft tight ends in round one, well, we better be able to discuss some tight ends in maybe round two, round three that could potentially be on Green Bay's radar. And we're going to absolutely do that today. We already talked about Luke Musgrave and we talked about the other top tight ends. There's always a possibility. One of those could fall into the early second round where Green Bay's selecting. So not out of the realm of possibility at all. Could be that Green Bay moves up from their top second round pick. Could, Could be that Green Bay moves down from their first round pick. So there's a lot of different options of how Green Bay could maneuver around the draft board a little bit. But let's say they don't take a tight end in round one. Let's say they get to round two and the top four guys are off the board, depending on you know who you have as your top four. I know some people really like Sam Laporta and some might even have him above like a Luke Musgrave. I could, you know, could potentially certainly understand that. I like Musgrave a little bit more. I like all four of the guys, uh, really the top four guys in this draft from a tight end position uh, better than either of these two players but they're both very interesting players. Uh, Let's kick things off right away with Sam Laporta. Before I get there, let me just say this. I apologize in advance. Forgive me in advance. I have all these players in my mind in all different sports. I the other day I was talking about Stuart Bradley, the inside linebacker, and I said Sean Bradley, who is an inside linebacker for the Eagles, but who is not who I was thinking of. And of course, Sean Bradley was the old like seven foot seven center for the 76ers. I have been dying. I've talked about Sam Laporta on multiple uh, podcasts. I've talked about him on multiple radio hits. I have been dying to call him Matt Laporta, the former Brewers prospect who got traded in the CC Sabathia trade. I don't know why, but if Matt Laporta comes out of my mouth at some point in time, as far as I know, they're not related, uh, but uh, I apologize in advance. So Sam Laporta, we are going to be going over today, the tight end out of Iowa. He is a 6'3 tight end, as I mentioned, out of Iowa, 245 pounds. He is a senior, uh, at least coming off of his senior season this past year. He turned 22 in January, so will be 23 at the end of this upcoming season. But again, from a age standpoint, he certainly is well within their threshold of being young enough still at age 22. 
had a 9.02 relative athletic score and did all of the testing. And really the only thing that he didn't like test out well in was his height and his weight and the bench press. So his height was 29th percentile, the weight was 33rd percentile, and the bench press was in the 31st percentile. Everything else from a like actual testing on the field standpoint, he basically crushed. He had 82nd percentile vertical jump, 93rd percentile in the broad jump, 94th percentile 40-yard dash with a 45940, 98th percentile 10-yard split, 86th percentile short shuttle, and 93rd percentile three cone. So as far as the actual drills go out on the field, not judging his height, his weight, or his bench press ability, those he absolutely crushed. It's the size limitations with the height, weight, and even some of the bulk as he, you know, did the, the bench press. Those are the some of the things that teams, including Green Bay, are going to have to vet out and say like, all right, he's this fantastic athlete, but a little bit on the slider side, a little bit on the smaller side, a little bit on the, you know, I would say finesse side, not not the most physical guy in the world. So that's what you're going to have to weigh out if you're a GM of an NFL team of trying to figure out where does he fit? How can we use him? Those sort of things. Statistically, had some really impressive numbers. In 2019, had 21 targets, 15 catches, 188 yards, zero touchdowns, zero drops, but not bad for his first season. 2020, 46 targets, 27 catches, 271 yards, one touchdown, and three drops. In 2021, 81 targets, 53 catches, 670 yards, three touchdowns, and five drops. And in 2022, 90 targets, 58 catches, 648 yards, one touchdown, and six drops. In total, in his college career, 238 targets, 153 catches, 1,777 yards, five touchdowns, 14 drops. The interesting thing is only a 79.8 rating when quarterbacks at Iowa targeted Laporta in the passing game. So that's not great. That's not a number that you're looking for, certainly for a receiving caliber tight end, somebody that you're going to be targeting a bunch. The quarterback play at Iowa wasn't always great, so that certainly played a part in that as well. There were a variety of interceptions that you know weren't all of Laporta's fault when he was targeted, so that played into that as well. The other thing, of course, is just the five touchdowns. In four seasons, only five touchdowns, that's on the slight side as well. He was more of a, a volume receiver, a lot of targets, a lot of catches, you know, 58 this past year, uh, you know, 600 yards the past couple seasons. But again, the, the touchdown production is the one that is a little bit of a red flag over his four years at Iowa. As far as PFF grades, in 2019, he had 205 snaps with a 71.4 grade, 2020, 421 snaps with a 75.0 grade, 2021, 792 snaps with a 72.3 grade. So basically it was pretty even through those three seasons. Then in 2022 at his best grade, 613 snaps with an 80.1 grade. And you'd like to see the overall consistency too. That being said, if you're looking at his run blocking, which is important as we know to Green Bay and Matt LaFleur, 53.5 grade his first year, 71.2, which is much better in his second year, but then regressed back 52.2 as a junior, 53.1 as a senior. So three of the four years graded in like the 52 to 53 range when it came to run blocking. And that checks out based on what he put on tape as well. As far as his positives go, he is a receiving tight end all day, every day, and has the legitimate ability to separate at that position. That's not always an, an easy thing for tight ends. I don't care if you're at college, high school, NFL, doesn't matter. To be a, a true tight end and to actually separate on your routes is a true skill. And I think that that's something that has the potential to separate, no pun intended, separate him at the NFL level and be a real true weapon in an NFL offense. He's a little bit more well-rounded from a route running standpoint. 
He knows how to find zones really, really, uh, holes in the zone really, really well. And as far as when it comes to man coverage, he varies his routes. He is able to vary speed within those routes, has a little bit more nuance when it comes to actual route running as a tight end. He is an impressive receiving prospect when it comes to the position that I won't say even issue here. We're going over positives, but I view him as more of a, almost like a big slot receiver at times. Six three guy who can move pretty well, gain separation. If you mark him up with a corner, he's going to have a size advantage. You mark him up with a linebacker, he's going to have a speed and separation advantage. You better have a pretty good safety that's able to match up with him if he lines up in the slot. He also has the ability to line up a little bit outside wide, and Iowa did that quite a bit and made some mismatches on that side of things as well. So that's another interesting way that he can be used. I do think he has some H-back versatility eventually. I think he's going to have to grow into that a little bit, and it's certainly not going to be a necessity when you get him in the NFL. You're going to want to get him bulked up a little bit and work on his blocking to see if he can become a true inline tight end. But either way, like what you should do when you're drafting players like this, especially if you're looking at like round two, round three, day two, and even day three type prospects is what what can they do well and how can we maximize that? And Sam Laporta is a receiving tight end all day, every day. He can get you yards. He can get you catches. I think he's going to do a much better job of getting you touchdowns uh, in the NFL than what he did at Iowa. He's like, throw him the ball. This is not rocket science. And you know, one of the things that you're hoping for at tight end is that teams are going to honor you as a blocker so that you get a mismatch as a receiver or vice versa. If teams are honoring you as a receiver, you might get a mismatch as a blocker. Those are the things. And that's why it's going to be so important for Laporta to improve his blocking because if not, they're just going to view him as a receiving tight end and they're not going to really honor him as an extra blocker out in the field. And they're just going to match up with him as ever needed to make sure that they can take him out of the passing game as much as possible. But like I said, 6'3", with separation ability, good route running, like knows how to find holes in the zone, knows how to separate from man coverage. Like those are very important things. And like, I don't care. Like Sometimes we can get so caught up in like, are they a running back? Are they a H back? Are they a tight end? Are they a wide receiver? If you have the ability to get open and make plays, I don't, who cares where you line up? Like we're, we're getting past the point where like the, the actual, where they line up from a weapon standpoint is becoming so much less important. I mean, it's important that you need a variety. You can't just get, you know, five slot guys and put them out there. That's going to be a problem. But this is a a player that is going to be able to separate and win on the route and get you yards. Like I said, yards, catches, touchdowns, et cetera. He's a very fun receiving prospect. Um, And then I do think he has some run after the catch ability as well. You get the ball in his hands. He's got enough speed that he can make some plays after the catch. He's not a big broken tackle guy. He's not going to, you know, juke you out of your shoes or anything like that, but he's got enough speed and enough run after catch ability to make it so that if you get him on like one of those, like, you know, bootlegs where he's in the flat, like he can turn up field and actually go uh, on like, you know, what uh, Tunyon had been these past couple of seasons. So going to give you a bit more juice after the catch than a lot of a lot of Green Bay's more recent tight ends. Certainly uh, more than what a Mercedes Lewis would give you, but they are two very, very different tight ends. All right, as far as negatives go, we think of Iowa and we think of tight end U. Like we think of well-rounded, all-around tight ends, like George Kittle is the poster child for it. That's not Sam Laporta. Laporta is a receiving tight end. He is not a well-rounded, all-around tight end. He's more of a get-in-the-way blocker. He does give some okay effort at times, but I think the big tell for me as a blocker is even when he's lined up in like the slot or out wide and has advantageous matchups from a blocking standpoint, he even struggles with that. 
The weird thing, that the really weird thing, is I actually thought he was a little bit better as a inline tight end as a blocker than he was out in space. And maybe it was just the games that I had watched that's certainly within the realm of possibility. But as a inline tight end, you see him give a little bit more effort, I feel like, and he's more of a get-in-the-way blocker. On the outside... I don't know what it was, but like he just really struggled to seal his man and like get any sort of advantage. So overall, just not there as a overall blocking tight end. So that is something he's going to have to continue to work on. Um, As I mentioned, even blocking out wide was an issue. He does have some size limitations. So as much as he's a receiving tight end, you know, you look at like a Luke Musgrave who has the size, the speed, and like has a big catch radius. Laporte is 6'3". So like, yeah, that still is a mismatch depending on who's against him. But if you get a 6'1", 6'2", safety on him, or even like a 6'3", linebacker that's got some speed, 6'4", linebacker that's got some speed, like you're not having this big tight end that can box people out and like those sort of things. Like he's not that big target. He doesn't have a massive catch radius. Like 6'3", is still good. I'm not saying the guy's small by any means, but he doesn't have that huge presence that some of those bigger tight ends will have. And I think that really led to some of his lack of production in the red zone as well. He's not one of those guys, and this was my next one, is like a contested catch. That's not his game. He's a separator. He's not a contested catch guy. If he separates, then who cares? Like the goal is to not have to have contested catches because you separated easily enough to get in space and have easy throws for your quarterback. So if he can continue to do that, who cares if he's not a contested catch guy? But I think when close quarters, you know, tighten up in the red zone. He doesn't have that huge size. He doesn't have the, you know, play strength to kind of go up and pluck the ball. Like those are sort of things that you would like to see out of your tight end and Laporta just doesn't have it. Um, and then again, the only, the, the five touchdowns in four seasons, that's something as well that is, you know, like I said, you would just like to see better production. Like tight end is, or the red zone is like the tight end space. Like that is where they have to win and really get opportunities for those mismatches. And we know how contested everything gets. So you want a six, five, six, six guy that can go up and get the ball and box people out and just out physical people. And again, that's just not Laporta, who Laporta is. It's not, when we go over all these pluses and minuses, positives, negatives, like these are not meant to say like what a player can't be, or it's not meant to say like, you know, that these are like discouraging points towards a player. Every single player from the greatest, from Tom Brady to JJ Watt to, you know, whoever you want to put in there, like they've all had positives and negatives. They all had them coming out of college. They all have them in the NFL. Nobody's perfect. And these are all things that I think Laporta can work on. Uh, and again, it's just like anyone else. He's, he's not a perfect prospect and there's some things that he's going to have to you know get better at. But if you're, we're looking at who he is, slot, type bigger wide receiver slash tight end who can get open, separate, not the big contested catch guy, not a big jump ball guy, not a big blocking guy. So that's kind of who he is in a nutshell. As far as the scheme standpoint, he is more of a move tight end. Listen, every team can use a, a Sam Laporta. There's no question about it. Like nobody's going to be like, oh, you've got a, you know, six, three guy who can separate in the slot and has good size and some run after the catch ability. Yeah, we don't want that. Like every team could use a guy like that. Yes, you would. I'm sure every team would like to see him be a better blocker, but again, use him for what he's good at. And that's being a receiving tight end. And I will say this from a scheme standpoint, we know how much Matt LaFleur values blocking. So if he does come to Green Bay, something he's probably gonna have to start working on from day one. The ceiling, the ceiling for Laporta to me is Dallas Clark. Dallas Clark had the ability to separate. I think Clark had a little bit more agility, maybe a little bit more run after the catch ability, but I think Laporta is right in that vein. Like if everything hit for Laporta, I think we could be looking at a Dallas Clark-esque tight end. 
the floor to me is our good friend, former Packer, former Wisconsin Badger, Lance Kendricks, who had some separation ability, but it just never really came to fruition. He was more of a receiving tight end, could not block at all, uh, but just didn't become a high-end threat. He's more of like a number three tight end for the majority of his career. So some, some, you know, still some talent there, still a usable player, but not what you're expecting if you're going to pick a guy early in the second round. My comp is more of an Evan Ingram. Now, Ingram is faster, just all like just straight line quicker. But I think that that type of receiving tight end, and again, I would rate Ingram a little bit better as like a, even like a, just an overall weapon. But all that said, I think they're in the same vein, receiving tight end, not much of a blocker, can be used in a variety of ways, can be used in space, pick up yards after the catch. That's the sort of comp to me. So ceiling Dallas Clark, floor Lance Kendricks, comp Evan Ingram. What do you would bring to Green Bay? A nice pass catching target for Jordan Love. Wouldn't that be nice? A big slot option. Like you could go Dobbs and Watson on the outside. We've talked about Jackson Smith and Jigba and some of these other wide receivers who could line up. Like you can use Laporta in that spot. And that certainly would be still a really fun offense. Now you're going to need a true inline tight end still, but that's not the worst thing in the world either. If like maybe you can get back a Mercedes Lewis, like in or, or, or draft another player and you know that could give you more of a blocking inline tight end. You get that guy, you get Laporta in the slot. It looks like a two tight end set, but it's almost like you're going out with three wide receivers, Dobbs and Watson on the outside. Now you've got some fun stuff to work with and some ways to keep defenses off balance. And of course, some much, much needed depth at the position. No, he's not a true inline tight end, but listen, Green Bay will take anything at this point that they can get with the current state of the depth chart at the tight end position. As far as value goes, top of the second round, massive value there for Laporta. I don't think he's going to go round one. I do think early round two to mid round two seems about right. And Green Bay could be right within that wheelhouse. And I think they would absolutely be interested in him in round two. Um, He's maybe not the perfect fit just based on size, blocking ability, things like that. But we know Green Bay's need for weapons. We know their need for tight ends. And I think Laporta would be a fun receiving option for Jordan Love in this Matt LaFleur offense. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Uh, let's go over Tucker Craft really quick. 6'5", 254, redshirt junior out of, uh, out of uh, South Dakota State, obviously tight end. 
He is 22. He will turn 23 in November. A 9.68 RAS score and also completed all the testing. 70th percentile height, 69th percentile weight, 84th percentile bench, 74th percentile vert, 91st percentile broad jump, 82nd percentile 40-yard dash with a 46940, 91st percentile 10-yard split, 81st percentile short shuttle, and 78th percentile three cone. Literally tested 69th percent or better in everything and had obviously a lot of, you know, what, 91st percentile broad jump, 91st percentile on the uh, 10-yard split. Like he, he tested fantastic athletically, which we know Green Bay values. And we're going to go over why this could be somebody that Green Bay really looks to in this year's draft. In 2020, from a statistical standpoint, he had 10 targets, seven receptions, 90 yards, zero touchdowns, and three drops per PFF, which is kind of funny. That means like all of his incompletions were drops because he only had 10 targets and seven catches. The other three were drops, but not, not exactly the drop ratio you want, but he cleaned that up through the rest of his career. 2021, he had 84 targets, 65 catches, 770 yards, six touchdowns, and seven drops. And then in 2022, 38 targets, 27 catches, 348 yards, three touchdowns, and two drops. In total, 132 targets, 99 receptions, 75% catch rate, which is insanely, insanely good. 1,208 yards, nine touchdowns, 12 drops, and a 125.4 passer rating when targeted, which is a heck of a number. Yes, it's at a lower level, but that is an impressive number for Tucker Craft. Per PFF, his grades in 2020, 175 snaps, 63.8 grade. 2021, 702 snaps with an 85.0 grade. And in 2022, uh, 386 snaps with a 79.0 grade. As far as his run blocking grades, 71.1, 65.9, and 69.6 respectively. So good, solid run blocking grades for, for him. So that is a big upside if you're looking for a more well-rounded overall tight end. Kraft has that certainly much more than Laporta does. The positives for Kraft, he has the versatility to play in line as a true tight end, also can move outside a little bit. He's not as dynamic as a receiving tight end as Laporta and doesn't have that same ability to separate, but much, much better as a blocker and can still give you some opportunities in the passing game as a receiving tight end. Has some real fun run after catch ability. He stays on balance extremely well. He breaks tackles. He's not easy to get down. He's got a thicker build. Like he, he will have players bounce off of him. Now, again, playing at a lower level, but still you love to see that on tape. And like I said, he's got some fun RAC uh, ability after the catch. Um, he is a great build for a traditional tight end. We heard all of the athletic testing just a second ago, but he's got a big, thick build. Like he almost looks like a Ben Coates or a Wesley Walls on tape, something like that. Like he just has a little bit more bulk and physicality to him. And that's exactly what Green Bay loves at that position. So again, this is somebody that I very much expect them to be interested in. Again, great build for a traditional tight end. He's already a solid run blocker. And I think he has the ability to get much better in the NFL with a little bit more bulk and a little bit more technique work. He has a little bit of everything that you're looking for. He blocked well. He caught the ball well. He was able to get in the red zone. He tested athletically. Really the only thing, uh, and, and we'll get to the negatives in just a second, but just that that small school. But other than that, like he did a little, like, a little bit of master uh, or like master of nothing, but like jack of all trades, like a little bit of that. But overall, he's a very fun player that checks a lot of boxes at tight end. Um, great balance after the catch and just in general, like he stays balanced within his route, stays balanced after the catch and stays on his feet. Great in boot, off of bootlegs and with play action and is a very legitimate red zone weapon. And I think that's going to be something that improves as well. Gives you a little bit more of a contested catch target than what Sam Laporta would be. 
As far as negatives go, he tested extremely well. I didn't see that extreme testing on tape. He's a good athlete on tape. I don't think he's a great athlete on tape. And especially when you're playing, you know, a little bit more of a a smaller school, like you really want to see them jump off the page. And he had some moments where he certainly did, but it wasn't consistent enough. And there's a little bit of lumbering to his game at times. He looks like a little bit more of that methodical tight end, especially in his route running. He is extremely like slow paced and methodical within his routes. He's going to have to pick up that pacing in the NFL. And I think he can, I think he will. I think he's going to continue to get better and hone his game, but Uh, that's something that absolutely needs to improve because if he goes through NFL routes at that speed that he did in college, he's just not going to separate and get open. And that's obviously going to be a major issue. So tape doesn't match the athleticism. Route working is a major work in progress. And then again, he had that lower level of competition. The good news is from a scheme fit standpoint, he is a fantastic scheme fit in Green Bay. Exactly what they look for. It's all the athletic thresholds, can block, can be a receiving tight end, should continue to get better in the NFL. Like This is a player that I think Green Bay will be super interested in. As far as who I compare him to, I think the top end comp would be like a a prime Todd Heap. I think that is a very, and former Baltimore Ravens tight end, if those are not familiar with Todd Heap's game. He was a really good tight end for them. I think that's kind of where I come down on him. Maybe, like I saw some people say Hunter Henry. Uh, I think good Hunter Henry could maybe be in that situation as well, but I, I really like Todd Heap as a comp. Pat Fryermuth, I think is a little bit more of like the downside. Fryermuth never really turned out in the NFL. And then I would say like his overall comp would be like a B plus Todd Heap is what I would kind of put him at. What he brings to Green Bay, scheme fit, potential to be a true number one tight end in this league and a true number one inline tight end that can give you a little bit of everything. And again, a mix of receiving skills, agility, blocking, athleticism, broken tackles. He gives you a little bit of everything. He's a nice player. He's a fun player. Like I said, one that I expect Green Bay to be very, very interested in. Day two value for Kraft. I think that is somewhere where he's going to get selected. I think this is the big thing, right? If they take him early round two, I think that's probably a little bit of a reach. You move down in round two, get him later, or you move up in round three and get him there. I think that's really, really good value for Kraft. It's just, it's going to be very dependent upon where you can get him. Green Bay might be a little bit in no man's land here again, where he might not be worth early round two, but by the time they get to round three, he's gone. So this is going to be a draft that Brian Gutekinds is probably going to have to do some maneuvering with. I would expect a, like some real trading from Brian on, on potentially on day one and day two of the draft, especially if he gets more ammo from the Aaron Rodgers trade prior to the draft. Uh, would Green Bay do it? Yes. I think they would love him in, like, I think they would love, love, love him in round three. Although I don't wish any prospect having to go to Green Bay in round three, that's just I don't wish that against your worst enemy. That's a, that's not a it's not something you want. A little bit of a cursed position at this point, but I do think Green Bay would love him there, and he absolutely looks like a Packers tight end. So two options that could be in play for Green Bay. If you told me that one of them ended up in Green Bay, I think Croft is probably or Tucker Craft, excuse me, is is a little bit more of the um the better option, not better option, but like is more likely is what I would say. Uh, but I don't think Laporta is out of the question at all either. And like you, you could have some fun if you could get Laporta in round two and Kraft in round three, that yeah, probably a little bit over aggressive at tight end, but we know Green Bay needs it. And that'd be a, that'd be an interesting way to spend your two day two picks. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow, but until next time, and as always go pack go.
Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.